Welcome to We Got Goals, a podcast by AsweatLife.com, on which we talk to high achievers about their goals. I'm Gina Anderson-Cohen, and this week on We Got Goals, I got to speak to one of my very best friends, Bettina Gozo, who is a lot of things. (laughs) She is a celebrity trainer. Uh, She works with a number of brands, and she started a foundation in the past year called Dance With Mwenny. And we're featuring Bettina during uh, the fourth and final quarter of this season on We Got Goals, uh, during which we're focusing on giving back um, and giving generously. Bettina gives generously of her time, of her talents, and of her her efforts uh, with this foundation that she started, most notably because she was so touched by a group of children who had special needs when she took a trip to volunteer in Africa. You'll hear Bettina talk about the foundation, why she started it, and the strides she's taken to grow it over the past year. But I think what's what's most telling is how she speaks about everything in her pushing her to do this. She's driven by intuition, she's driven by her gut, uh, and she is a force of nature that I really don't think anyone should get in the way of. Uh, here I am with Bettina Gozo on this week's episode of We Got Goals. Yeah, I said I'll be on the road, I'll be back, I'm just reaching for a goal, so don't be upset when I'm not... A- I'm here with Bettina Gozo. She's many things, but above all of those things, she is my friend and yours. Uh, Bettina, please tell us what you call yourself these days. <laughs> wow. I guess, you know what? It's funny that you say that because, you know, I try to preach the whole thing of like, you know, it's not about titles. It's about what you do. So you, lately when I introduce myself to people, I say, hi, I'm Bettina. I am a fitness trainer. I train people for a living, but I also run a nonprofit that benefits special needs kids in developing countries. So I try to define it by what I do rather than like what my titles are. But if we want to get fancy, I'm a Nike master trainer and I am working with women's health on their advisory board and do a few other things here and there. (laughs) Many things. And that's pretty impressive. Also, I like how you you kind of boil it down to what you do, not what your title is. That's got to come in handy at dinner parties, right? (laughs) Yeah, I think so. It's a better way to ask the question, too. Uh, and I've yeah, known you so. for a while. Um, how, how long do we go back now? Like, oh, my gosh. Almost I think eight, 2013. Almost years. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. There you go. It's crazy. <laughs> and I, I think what's been, what's been fun about that time is just to watch you soar <laughs> as, a, mm-hmm. as a human being um in Chicago and beyond um what same for I you mean, what, here, oh <laughs> <laughs> I mean a lot's happened right oh my gosh so much has happened <laughs> we've been through so much <laughs> yeah I, I mean how would we even like characterize those years besides just like friendship <laughs> oh my gosh I, I I feel like that could be a whole book written on what everything <laughs> should we write a book I think we should goals <laughs> goals. Yeah. We'll just call it goals. Well, and, and I think what's fun is to see kind of how, how you have so meticulously, but also like with a loose grip set and achieved your goals over that time too. It's been a lot in the gym, but also outside of the gym. Um, it's been a lot about where in the world you want to be. Um, 
not only in in the United States, but across the world. I've seen you travel. I mean, I could talk about you all day. I'll have to shut up and let you actually answer questions soon. But I've seen you travel to countless continents. I mean, I guess you can count because there's a, a finite number of continents. <laughs> but what, Bettina, has been the driving force as you set and achieve goals over this time? Yeah, I mean, when I first became a trainer, my goal was so was so, I don't know, I guess you can call it obtuse. <laughs> you know, I, I had told myself, oh, I want to be the, the, the next version or the nice version of Jillian Michaels, which at the time I feel like I didn't really even know what that meant. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I didn't really even know what that meant except for like, I thought I wanted to be on The Biggest Loser and that I wanted to be in front of all these people and change lives and do all these things. And when I really sat down and looked at it, I was like, okay, I realize it's because I want to be on camera and I do want to change lives and I want to use the experience that I've had on camera to do that. And, you know, and obviously I'd have to refine my skills as a trainer in order to get to the level where people respect me enough to put me on in front of a camera. And so over the years, it was just, you know, just spending all the extra money that I had on continuing education courses and then also taking almost every single audition or every single on-camera gig that I could just to keep refining my skills. And then next thing I know, I'm working with, you know, big brands and, you know, obviously with Sweatworking and then Nike and then all these different people that want to put me in front of camera. I just was able to get more used to being in front of the camera. And all of a sudden I'm doing just that. I feel like people could say I'm I'm the nice version of Jillian Michaels now. (laughs) And also I worked with Nordic track, which I think Jillian was Nordic tracks longest uh, trainer that they had on contract for, for many, many years. Oh boy. We could, we could unpack um, what the nice version of (laughs) Jillian Michaels means. (laughs) (laughs) But I, our relationship as Gina and Bettina started uh, in, <laughs> in a gym in Chicago. You were a trainer that I loved um, here in my hometown at Crosstown Fitness. And I started taking your classes and talking to you and, and friendship crushed on you. And then we became friends. <laughs> oh, my gosh, yes. <laughs> and I remember the Nike workout that, we, uh, that Leo and I led. That was like one of the first, I feel like that was one of the, no, I feel like we made a, did we meet before that? We did a Nike workout. I remember. Yeah. I met you across town and then yes. we did the Nike workout. You and yes. Liu co-led it. Um, Liu Gross is also a trainer in Chicago that works for Nike. Love him. With Nike. Love, 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 love Liu. Um, and at that workout, I think that was the first time when I said, I would like to be your friend. <laughs> yes, that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Which we, is a great way to be really crazy. Friends. Yes, but I think what's funny about the whole Leo thing is that I actually, before I became a trainer, I was taking his classes and being like, oh my gosh, I love him so much. I want to be like him. And then next thing you know, a few years later, I'm leading workouts with him. So it's just crazy where your life can take you. And before you were a trainer, before you were making human beings sweat, um, you were, and still are today, but you were focused on being a musician. Isn't that right? Yep. I played in a cover band full time. I played every single bar, bar mitzvah, bat mitzvah, wedding. I don't even know. Every street festival in Chicago possible. and danced around with my bass guitar and played Lady Gaga, Black Eyed Peas, and Kanye songs. <laughs> so fun. You're still... You're still playing music today, right? I do, but I haven't as of late. I I think the most recent show I played was 
in May and I filled in for my friend who plays in a band called Rookie of the Year. Well, it's his band. And I used to play with him when I was in another band when I was 18 and he had been looking for a bass player. So every once in a while, he'll call me up and fly me out and have me dance around for him, play some bass lines. And it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of fun. I, I definitely miss it, but my schedule hasn't allowed me to do it as much. Um, it's definitely a passion, but um, I feel like I just have this different calling where I have, I, I have to shift my priorities a little bit. Yeah. And, and also over the years, um, I feel like this is my opportunity to like brag on you as a friend, which is fun. <laughs> Not only were you uh, elevated to a, a Nike master trainer, you were also selected um, through a popular vote in the United States as women, Women's Health Next Top Fitness Star. Did I get that title right? Yes. The fit, Amer- <laughs> oh, Amer- I was just called it America's, <laughs> America's Next Top <laughs> Yes, it was Women's Health Next Fitness Star. And it was the fifth year that they were doing it. And I, yeah, I was in Portland. And I remember filling out the application for it and recording the video for it. And was like, hey, you know, you never know. Just might as well do it. And I remember the years past, like Nikki Metzger, also a Chicago trainer who now lives in Arizona. She won two years prior to that. And I kept missing the deadlines to, to submit. And the fifth year, which was actually their last year, I finally decided to do it. And it was such a life-changing experience because it gave me so much exposure. And it was just such a nice brand and, and magazine to be supported by. And, you know, they've been such a big supporter of me over the years. And now I'm on their advisory board. So it's been, it's been a great journey. What happened as a result of that? Like, where, did you, where did you go? What did you produce? And how has it helped you? Yeah. So at first, so the original thing was where they actually had the five finalists come to New York. And it was a big secret for months. So we had to go to New York. We took photos, video, talked about ourselves, and they put us on the cover of Women's Health. And it was so exciting when it came out. And then they did this vote over the summer when it came out. And then we went to L.A. and we, we ended up being on a few different tele- uh, televised events. They revealed the winner on live television and I actually cried on TV <laughs> when I found out I won. I, I was so shocked. Um, and then afterwards, the, whole, the winner was supposed to get a workout DVD, but because of my background, they thought it would be interesting and different to do a strength training guide. So between me and the writer, um, Alicia Fetters, I believe her name is, and she, we created the Woman's Guide to Strength Training. So it is a six-week program it's a workbook that gives you, uh, get, gets you familiar with strength training with barbells and dumbbells and gives women an opportunity to feel comfortable in the gym. So we were really excited about that. And it's been something that I'm really proud of. And, and I, I push it to people every once in a while and I gift it to my clients here and there, especially when, cause I want people not only just to train with me to get stronger, but I want them to feel comfortable. So I'll give it to my clients when I'm like, it's almost like the, you're ready. <laughs> here you go. <laughs> You can do it. You can do it. <laughs> I really like to pick up heavy things in the gym, Bettina. <laughs> I've done that with, with nice. you before. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Very true. And so one of the things that I, I think has been remarkable over the years in, in all of the things that you've done is you've always sort of had an eye on how you can make 
a difference in the world, um, which is one of the reasons why, I mean, many reasons I wanted to have you on the podcast, but one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the podcast now um, is that you just did a lot of, a lot of big, important work for your own foundation, which yeah. is, I'm pretty sure the big goal you've accomplished. <laughs> I want to talk about, yeah. but who knows? Um, so yeah. you can tell me what's a big goal that you've set and accomplished and why was it important to you? So she's referring to Dance with Money Foundation, which I just started last year. And it honestly was something that I never thought I would do. You know, I, I had worked with special needs kids before, and I actually lived with my friend Annie, who had spinal muscular atrophy for about a year in my, when I was 18. And so people with disabilities was something that was really special to me, and disability awareness. And, and I also work with the Challenged Athletes Foundation a lot. And I did my own volunteer trip to Kenya in early 2018, just on a whim. It was just something that I really felt a calling to do. And when I went out there, I noticed that there were so many programs that were succeeding and self-sustainable and all these other volunteers were having a great time working with the childcare, teaching, music, sports programs. And I volunteered with special needs and, the organization that I went out with had told me that months would go by where no one would volunteer for special needs. And when I went to the orphanage, it was just, it was really raw. Like there was so much help to be needed and it wasn't even just like special skills. Like they just needed basic human connection at times. Like a lot of these women that worked there were just in survival mode, trying to feed the kids, change them, wash the clothes, wash the dishes. And then the kids would just latch on anytime anyone would just give them a little attention because they didn't get that attention. It's not that the women didn't want to give them that, just they didn't have the opportunity to do it because they, you know, are so tired or they have so much stuff that they're doing all day. And so when I was out there, I just, I felt so touched by these kids and I, you know, and I, I knew that I wanted to do something special. And when I came back, I just started to spread the word a little bit. And then I realized, wow, I have a voice, you know, I have the privilege of having all these followers thankfully from women's health. And I posted a photo of me and one of the kids and told the story about him and how he was found on the street by the police. And he is, he's um, autistic and ADHD. And when I posted that photo, I had such a big response of people that wanted to help that I said, Oh my gosh, like I need to figure out like an organized way to do this. <laughs> and I didn't really know what I just did. I didn't really didn't know what I got myself into as soon as I posted this photo. And I just had this, like, every day, every night I journaled, and I just was like, I really feel like I should start an organization and figure out how to get more attention to these special needs children. And so I talked to almost all my friends that had nonprofit organizations, and I was like, tell me why I shouldn't do this, because it feels crazy, and my body is telling me that I need to do it, but I almost, like, want a reason not to, but not in, like, a am scared, I don't want to do it way, but, like, I want to hear all the scary things so I know, like, this is really, really what I want to do. And I just hunkered down and I freaking did it. <laughs> and so in April this year, this past April, an organization hadn't even been around for a full year yet. I had my first trip where I brought all my, I think I had five volunteers with me. So that was really rewarding. And over the past year, we've raised, I think, over $50,000 just from like fundraiser events and inter just from Instagram. So, I mean, everyone's talking poop about Instagram, like, oh, blah, 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 this and that. But people are out there trying to do good too on Instagram. They want to get involved and want to help. So it's, it's been insane. Like, I think we've, we've done a good job of spreading awareness and I, and I feel like I still have a lot more that I want to do and 
my my body just craves it. It's it's literally my why and my passion. How has it changed everything else about your life? Uh, because I I remember when you went on that first trip to Africa. I, I remember talking to you afterwards and sort of yeah. hearing how it impacted you. But I I don't think I knew how deep this went until you, until we had the conversation around. I think think the same thing you're talking about now is why shouldn't I do this? <laughs> um, yeah. And that's what I, that's what I realized like, Oh, she's going to do this. <laughs> uh, so how, how has this foundation changed the rest of your life and how you look at your time and how you look at your other goals? Yeah, I think it's, it's a number of things. First up, everything that I do now, if it doesn't serve that purpose or serve that goal, I ask myself, you know, is this worth it? Is it going to raise my vibration? Is it going to help the organization? Is it going to continue to build my brand so I can continue to speak about this organization? And so I have a little more direction with that. And, you know, I, I don't even think money is really that important to me. I try not to think, oh, is this going to make me a lot of money? Because, I mean, you don't get money is not everything. You know, I feel like the more you give, for some reason, the more money comes. I don't know how, like, just magically the universe is like, the more you give, for some reason, it, like, comes back to you. And that's the other thing. I feel like it's also just given me more of an opportunity to be more selfless and, you know, prioritize giving to others a lot more and also getting rid of any energy that doesn't support that, you know? And I think ever since I did that, it's been a game changer. I mean, you, you've been through all, even just my personal relationships, you've been friends with me for so many years and, you know, not saying that any of those men were bad people, but if they didn't serve the purpose of the things that I was so passionate about, we could talk about that on a different podcast. Just kidding. <laughs> um, um, we could, you know, it's, if, if it's not serving, you know, if they're not supporting the goals and the, the mission that I have, like I, I want to get rid of those, not even just relationships, but friendships or business partnerships. Like if they're not serving those, then it's not something that I'm going to invest my time in. If they can't see the, the picture or at least support the picture that you're going after it, it's a waste of time at the end of the day. Yeah, it, it, it's so true. It, it sounds crazy to say, but it does free you up to pay attention to the things that matter for sure. Um, yeah. And, it gives, you and so, it gives you more purpose. More purpose, more focus, just more yeah. energy in general too. Yeah. And so how through all this have you been able to, I know you're, you're super passionate about uh, recovery, about sleep, uh, about eating right, how have you taken care of yourself as you're giving so much to others? I prioritize myself so I can give to others. You know, I think it's so important to recharge and to protect your energy and to value your time. And if I don't do that, I don't think I can, can give to others. And that's, and I think when I really articulate that to the people that matter, they understand and they get that, you know, and I think that that's, that's the other thing is if I have the right people in line when I, if I say something like, Hey, I, I need, I need to give myself a night or I need to do this or whatever it is. I think the right people are like, okay, I totally get it. No worries. You know? And yeah, sleep has been, sleep has been something, especially with all the travel the past year was really, really hard for me, but I really, I, I'm in bed by like 8:45 PM. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> and, and you have, I feel like your, your schedule is, crazy. So let's jump ahead to sort of then the next phase of goals. Bettina, what's the big goal that you're setting for the future 
why is it important to you and how do you plan to get there? Yes, this is actually a great question. And for me, the biggest goal now is to be able to integrate my passion and my profession into one. And, you know, my passion is dance with Winnie and my trainer life is my profession, which I, it's also my passion. Um, but being able to integrate the two and be able to support it with both is really important to me because I don't want to be somebody that just runs a nonprofit full time because that means the money that we raise, I'd have to pay myself. Right. So for me, it's, you know, I want to make sure that we have this nonprofit that can continue to raise money for the kids, but not pay me. Like most of my income goes to dance with money. And for me, I, you know, the biggest thing is figuring out how to integrate both the worlds. And number one, I'm launching a thing called sweat and serve in LA, which is a donation based class where hundred percent of the proceeds goes towards dance with money. So people get the opportunity to work out with me in a class setting, which hasn't really been a consistent thing out here in LA. I mean, I think in Chicago, it was something that people were so used to, like being able to take group classes with me because I taught about what, 18 to 25 classes a week, but I don't really teach a lot of group classes here unless they're special events. So I'm giving people the opportunity to work with me or work out with me on a biweekly basis and also give back to Dance With Money. And then not only that, but they'll build human connection with our kids. And so I'm excited about that because it's something that I don't just want to have here in LA, but I'd like to see it in other cities as, as maybe, maybe a pop-up or something consistent eventually. So it'd be beautiful to see, see those things integrate. Um, but it just starts with that. I feel like I have more visions on how I want it all to integrate, but it's all growing and it's all kind of happening right now. I feel like that goal is continuing to evolve. And what's fun to see is you exposing other people to this world as well, both through the trips to Africa, as well as uh, in these sweat and serve events. I know you've talked to me about how you're going to empower people in the U S to get to know these kids without necessarily having to travel there. Um, Can you talk a little bit about, how that might come to life? Yeah, for us, you know, it's not just about raising the money and supporting these kids, but it's about disability awareness in these developing countries. And not only in these places like Kenya, but also just disability awareness in general. I mean, a lot of people don't know how to interact with people with autism or people with disabilities. And so there's going to be a big education portion in these sweat and serve classes. So one of the girls that works on my team, she has had a lot of experience teaching special ed and also working as a nanny with children with disabilities. And she's helping build out the education format for sweat and serve over the next year. And so we're going to give people the opportunity to learn about what our kids, if one of our specific kids has autism and how we interact with them, how beautiful they are, and just to spread that awareness. And then also we're going to give them an opportunity to connect with the kids in a way that they get to take a photo of themselves and write a little postcard, write a little note. And next time I go to Kenya or one of our team will, will send it over. And so we'll have footage of the kids receiving their cards and we just want it to be a a whole connection. We're super, super excited about it. I think what's really important about the work you're doing here too, is just making, making humans aware (laughs) that people who aren't like, like them are human, you know, like this. Yes speaking a common language and with the same needs for love and connection that we have too. Yeah. Yep. And what also is interesting about it is to hear, to hear you tell this, it 
it's the culmination of all of the things you've done in your life. Like you have, you have in your background, you, you worked as an aide um, to people with disabilities uh, and then you went on and trained for a living. And then you got this incredible platform that helped you bring it all together, uh, which is yeah. such a full circle moment. Um, it's really wild. <laughs> Sorry. Did you I ever, just, did you ever expect this? No. And that's, that's what's so beautiful about it. And that's why I tell people to just embrace every single moment of their lives because you just never know how it's all going to tie into where you are at this moment. That's what I love about Michelle Obama's book, Becoming, because mm-hmm. it talks about how you're always becoming something new. You know, it's not like you just achieve one thing and then that's it. You know, you're always becoming something. And I just, I don't know, it's just so beautiful because, I mean, I thought I was going to be Beyonce's bass player and who knows I still could be but you yeah. know it's just one of those things where you just never you just never know where these things take you and to be honest like my connections with music I've you know I've been able to connect with so many different people that have been helping me out with different things with sweat and serve and even just the the opportunity to be playing on stage I think it helps me feel comfortable in group classes you know so every single thing just kind of plays into each other and so I think people, when people are focused on their goals, like they should embrace the things that they had in their past and not be ashamed of it. Because I think when I first became a trainer, I was like not embracing all of the other things that I had as a big part of me, but it's, it's brought me to exactly where I am now. That's the thing that I love about your journey so much is it leans so heavily on your intuition, like just knowing mm-hmm. that that you're on the right path and knowing that you're doing the right thing is like 90% of what guides you to the next thing. Um, do, you, yeah. do you feel like intuition is, is a big part of what you're doing? Oh my gosh. Such a big part, such a big part that, that it's scary. That's what, I mean, that's why I said like when I wanted to start the, the organization, I was like, tell me why I shouldn't do this because my body is telling me I really should. <laughs> and it's interesting to hear you say like my, my body is telling me I should too. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Yeah. What's that, what's that experience like? It's really just like everything in me just tells me that I need to do it. It's not in my head. It's just like, like I can't be settled until I do this thing. You know, I think it's just one of these feelings where it's not like my head's like, oh, I need to do this. I need to do this. It's like my body literally is just like, no, no, no. Like Bettina, you're not going to rest until you make this happen. <laughs> And so I'm thinking about it until it makes it happen or my body is feeling it. I can't sleep. I can't, you know, all I want to do is journal and figure out a plan and writing it out. I just, yeah. I remember actually, it's funny you say that because I, I was just looking through my journal from last year and I remember I, I saw the stages of all like me planning this out and all of the ideas that I had of dance with money. And I remember sitting in the car with one of my uh, trainer friends, Ben Monk and I was asking him what he thought of these different names and it's just kind of crazy and wild to think that it's already doing as well as it is. And, you know, we've already accomplished so much in just such a little time. And you should be, I'm really proud of you. And I hope you're proud of you too. Thank you. I am. I'm really proud. This is actually one of the first years where I could say every single thing I've done. I'm like, wow, I'm really, I'm really damn proud of myself. (laughs) What else are you proud of? Do we talk about all the things you're proud of? Oh, I don't know. I think I'm, I think I'm really proud of making the leap to move to LA and being in a city that I'd always thought I wanted to be in, but you know, I didn't really know what I was getting myself into when I moved out here, but I did it. You know, I remember so many people being like, Oh, so what are you going to do out there? And I was like, I have no idea, but I'm going to do it. 
Because again, my body was telling me that you need to go there. It was like a cosmic pull. Cosmic Don't pull. Don't get in Bettina's way. <laughs> exactly. Bettina's body's like, you gotta go. <laughs> yeah, the move to LA was big. And now you've made a life for yourself. And uh, you, you hosted like a sold out gala. <laughs> yes, my sneaker ball. I was so proud of that. I was really, really proud of that. It was, um, I had no idea. I, 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 we planned this event in, in six weeks. I had the idea. I mean, I, I've heard of sneaker balls before. And I was like, you know what? We've been doing these workout events. And I think that it'd be fun for LA. Like LA does a lot of different workout events. But I really wanted to do a sneaker ball because it was like coming around the holidays. And I don't know. I just, there was something that I really wanted to do it. And we just planned it in six weeks. And I wasn't sure if we were going to get any liquor sponsors, if we were going to get anybody to come or even buy tickets. I was like, should we put these tickets on sale for $50 and $150 and, you know, like really expensive tickets. And yeah, we sold a lot of tickets. We raised a lot of money and we got a lot of different liquor sponsors. And my, my, one of my clients is Rihanna's DJ. He's probably one of the dopest DJs in LA and he, he donated his time to be part of it. And we had this amazing violin player named Victor Epco that does hip hop. And just like everyone donated their time and it was just really beautiful. Like I, I, I could not believe how many people came out and supported and, and I just see this thing like getting bigger and bigger every year. Cause the whole idea was not just to have a party, but to get people there. Like I was selling people by getting them there to the party, but I wanted everyone to get there and hear what I had to say. And I was just really happy that I was able to articulate what dance with money was doing in a short amount of time. And, you know, so many people came up to me afterwards and were like, oh, I knew that what you were doing, but now I have a better understanding of it. And it was just, um, it was definitely something I was very, very, very proud of. I cried. <laughs> I cry a lot. Well, yeah. When I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a lot of feelings. Um, and I do have a lot of feelings. I mean, passionate people have a lot of feelings and no one should <laughs> knock them for that. I, I saw <laughs> your stories that night. So I was watching along. I, I wasn't able to go, but I was watching from Chicago. And it looked like mm-hmm. quite the night. Um, and I did see oh my you cry. Bettina Gozo, um, 30 minutes of your time is hard to come by. Um, <laughs> so to, to recap all of the things you've accomplished, you've started a foundation. Um, you became a globally known trainer um, that's now giving your brain um, to a number of brands like Women's Health, like <laughs> Nike, um, like uh, uh, tons of other brands that I'm not even going <laughs> to struggle to name here. Um, and Those are the and main you ones. created, okay, good, phew, I did it. And then you created a foundation um, that's meant to compassionately bring awareness to children and adults with disabilities across the world. <laughs> no yeah. one can stop you, and who the heck knows where else you're going to go. Thank you for joining me. <laughs> Thank you. Um, we got I would do anything for you. <laughs> same, same, stay the same, but also keep changing. <laughs> Girl, I said I'll be on the road. I'll be back. I'm just reaching for a goal. So don't be upset when I'm not a friend. This podcast is a sweatlife.com production. And it's another thing that's better with friends. So please share it with yours. You can subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts. And if you have a chance to leave us a rating or a review while you're there, we would truly appreciate it. Special thanks to Jay Mano for our theme music, to our guest this week, Bettina Gozo, to Ryan Deffitt for editing, 
And of course, an extra special thanks to you, our listeners. Happy New Year.